This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 173. Those are the types of things you want to write down. Those are things that you want to, to recognize and identify because, yeah, I mean, those are the reasons that you're starting it. And you really have to be clear of why you're starting it as opposed to what you're trying to run from. You know, this is something, Scott, you talk about a ton, you know, in the career space too. And it's the same thing. You don't want to start a business just because you hate your boss. Hey, HTYCers, if you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, welcome back to Happened to Your Career. I have with me a very special guest. So special, in fact, that we had to, absolutely had to record this episode early a.m. Why we had to? Mostly because our schedules were not aligning except at this time, but then also because it's what we used to do. Welcome back to, it is true, welcome back, sir, Mark Sievercrop. Thank you. Reappearing on Happen to Your Career. It has been a while since that we've done this, huh? Ta-da! Ta-da! You just can't get rid of me. That's really what it comes down to. Well, there is that, too. We should have done it while we were having lunch today. That actually would have been kind of fun. That probably (laughs) would have been better. (laughs) Why didn't we do that? I don't know. That would have been fun. Everybody would have been looking at us funny, which would have been enjoyable. But then, like, you would have got the, like, that. And that would have been awkward. Unique beyond belief. No, why we didn't do that. <laughs> By the way, if, if you haven't, go back and check out the first probably 40 to 60 episodes or so where Mark makes many, many appearances as he helped get the show up and running and turn it into what it is today. So you're back. Let's catch people up because quite a bit has happened since last time you've been on the show here. And we're going to dive into, you're going to help me dissect this big question of whether or not people should actually start a business and how to go through that decision process and whether that should be an actual thing. But even before that, what's happened in your world? What has happened in my world? Let's see. I'm trying to remember the last time I was on, but yeah, so affiliate management and running launches. And so that's been fun. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I feel like I could like create and launch a product with my eyes closed in my sleep now. I was actually a mutual friend of our Scott. I was talking to him on the phone the other day and laid out an entire plan for him to promote a product like as I was walking, which was kind of cool. Like I realized I'm like, wow, I know how to do this. This is crazy. So I've been doing a lot of that, which has been a lot of fun. And then also, which is germane to this conversation. Look at that. Germane. Not everybody uses that one. Good use of the word germane. Thank you. Also been starting a business of my own with the affiliate stuff. I'm an independent contractor, so it is my own business at that point too. But starting BackyardSoccerCoach.com, which is really a passion of mine is just playing soccer and being able to legitimately say I'm working when I'm out kicking a soccer ball around, which has been really fun. So yeah, those are two things I'm doing amongst a myriad of other family 
church and community responsibilities that have kept me certainly busy as I would like to be and sometimes more so. So, yeah. That is quite a bit, to say the least. And I think knowing you and knowing the Russian, I know that you've had a ton of fun working in the affiliate space, which, by the way, for people that don't understand what that is, how do you describe that? And I know that you've gotten this question or attempted to answer this question before, but what does that actually look like? What are you actually doing? We should have my wife answer that question. She loves when people ask what I do because she has no idea. He does something on the computer. There's money that comes in, so that's good. The simplest way to describe it is it's like the online version of coupons in a way. Essentially, we manage the relationship between the product creator and people who want to promote their product. And when they promote it as an affiliate, they earn a commission for each sale that they make. So it's like advertising, but you can actually determine what you're spending money on and you only pay spend money on it if you've actually earned something so we manage that relationship we help affiliates to promote products scott i've done this for you for a while yeah and you know with scott it's we have people that are in the career space that that have people that would be interested in scott's products and we give them the tools they need whether it's the emails that they can use to send whether it's graphics whether it's just answering questions of what to send or when to send or how to send and then manage everything from that all the way through payments on the other end, making sure they get paid for what they did. So it's online marketing. That's what I tell people. It is. It is. And I was trying to look up the last episode where you and I had sat down when you were transitioning out of Happen Your Career. By the way, the quick version and the quick backstory here is that Mark helped me get the podcast and get the company initially up and running and then left and so Scott can make money. <laughs> Our profit went up. That's right. Dramatically. Dramatically. Mark thinks it's because of him. I know it's not. You're welcome. <laughs> and then came back to support us on in the affiliate realm, which you've got a ton of expertise in. So I'm eternally thankful for that. And now you're moving on to focus on those other two pieces even more, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So somehow we get you at all the career transition points, too, which kind of <laughs> is appropriate for this show, as it turns out. Right. That's why you bring me back. Oh, Mark's changing what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> Time for again. another conversation. <laughs> so... Let's dive into this question here because we've got so many people that listen to this show right now that have it on their wish list, their bucket list, their must have list. I don't know. They got some kind of list. (laughs) H2Y series make a lot of lists as it turns out. So that they want to start a business and they think it's the thing, right? Right. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons for that. But I mean, so many people that do want to start a business, they've got this dream or this fantasy in their mind and they have, they fantasize about what it would be like and how, how they can be in control of their lives or not have a boss telling them what to do, or it allows them to have that flexibility or their own schedule or own income and be control of your destiny, all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So all that I think really sounds great. But then it comes down to this eternal question of, hey, is this actually right for you? Is starting a business something that would actually be good for you? Or is it just a dream and <laughs> not good for your situation? So that's the question we hope to answer today. Yeah. Well, I think as we were talking about this before, Scott, before we got on, but as I thought about it, you know, starting a business really has been romanticized a little bit yeah, in our culture. It's like totally. the cool thing to do. And, you know, we talked about this. It's like it's not that somebody shouldn't start a business, but I think there's a lot of stuff to it and there's things that 
you know, as we go through this episode, I think it's important to say we're not trying to discourage you from starting a business. We just want you to have the accurate picture of what it is. Because when I essentially started my business as an independent contractor, like there's a lot of stuff to it. Like there is so much stuff that it's like, oh my goodness, I got to worry about that. Like, oh my goodness, I got to do this. And it wasn't bad. And for me, it was certainly the best thing to do. But there is a lot to it. And there's a lot of things that aren't shown in, you know, the article of seven reasons to start (laughs) your business now or whatever it is that are important to recognize and ask yourself the question. Because I know people that, you know, I tell them what I do and the things I have to deal with. And they're just like, no, thanks. I'll go to work at eight and leave at five and I'm happy, you know, and that's okay. We need to have those people. And if that's you, that's totally fine. But yeah, it's really been romanticized a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, totally agree. A lot of it, I would say. A ridiculous amount of articles. And I probably have a little bit of influenced lens looking at it just because we help people start businesses every day. So I'm always looking for that. So there's probably that bias there when I'm thinking about that. But the reason we actually wanted to do this episode in the first place is because this is a question that we get on a consistent basis. And also other questions about businesses that indicate to me that people are starting it not necessarily for the wrong reasons, but they don't have the total picture and they don't necessarily understand what they're going to be getting into Mm. when they start a business. So let's dive into that. We've put together this set of questions that you can can go through. You can ask yourself these in order to help guide you to that answer of, hey, is this something I should do? And then if it is, you can get about the business of doing that point versus thinking about it. And if it's not, you can disband the idea in the way that you're thinking about it and then move on. And then that way you're not eternally wondering, hey, should I be acting on this thing? Should I be doing this thing? That way it's not there as a regret. Mm-hmm. I think I was talking to my friend, Matt McWilliams that I work with, and, and he wrote an article the other day about how you're a better writer if you put the bottom line up front bluff. And so the bottom line is, should I start a business? Maybe. (laughs) You're welcome. Now you have to listen to the rest of the episode. (laughs) It's a good, solid maybe. (laughs) If we can take you from a maybe to a yes or no because of some of these questions, I think that's the goal. But that's totally what we're putting for headline, though, now. (laughs) Now you mentioned that. That's one of the things in in affiliate management that we always tell our clients. You know, people hate to get no's sometimes, but we always tell people when we're asking somebody to promote a product, we would much rather have a no than a maybe. Like, really, like, you just want to get to the point where it's either yes I'm doing this or no I'm not and that's what we hope to do with this episode is to give you a better sense of either wow that's for me like I totally want that I'm totally willing to take the trade-offs or yeah I don't want to do that (laughs) that's not a good idea (laughs) and then move on with your life that's right yeah Yeah. and be happy and that's fine so that's what we're gonna do with these four questions okay so question number one what do you really want out of starting a business And I think this is incredibly and possibly the most important one Mm -hmm. to ask yourself. Now, this can be a little bit hard to route through and really try and determine. But the easiest way that you can get started with this is just literally sit down and anything that pops into your mind, write it down. So this can be pad and paper. I've taken a liking to writing stuff on an iPad Pro because then I don't have 4,000 sheets of paper sitting around. (laughs) But whatever it is for you, Google Doc, get yourself down where you can record this stuff and really try and determine what is most important to you about Mm -hmm. starting a best. So initially it's brain dumping, right? Make a list of everything that you're going to get or you think you're going to get when you start a business. And then anything that you would add to that too. 
Well, and I think, you know, not only do you brain dump at the beginning, but keeping the iPad Pro or keeping the notebook next to you as you're going about your day and your weeks, because hear somebody talk about something or you read an article, you're going to think of things and you're going to say, wow, that sounds really neat. Yeah. Those are the things you want to write down. It's like, you know, and you might want to be careful if you're at work and you're writing down this. Probably shouldn't like post it on your cubicle wall or something, but blow it up, put it on the plotter, make right. it seven feet by 11 feet, put it on your back wall. But I mean, I think, you know, both you and I could agree that when we were working in a job and a career, there were certain things that it's like, oh man, I wish I didn't have to deal with this or I would do this instead. Yeah. Those are the types of things you want to write down. Those are the things that you want to, to recognize and identify because yeah, I mean, those are the reasons that you're starting it and you really have to be clear of why you're starting it as opposed to what you're trying to run from. You know, this is something, Scott, you talk about a ton, you know, in the career space too. And it's the same thing. You don't want to start a business just because you hate your boss. <laughs> the worst reason to start a business ever. That might be a good reason to start the conversation with yourself. Yeah. But a bad reason to just say, you know what, I'm starting a business because you might realize that you're a way worse boss to yourself <laughs> than, than that boss ever was. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm so much more of a harder boss than any other boss that I've worked for. Oh, yeah. You go to work way earlier than they ever made you. I know. <laughs> I didn't think about that till just now. Okay. All right, I'm going to go ask myself this question. <laughs> We're talking at 6 a.m. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as you start to get this list down, I think the next piece of this is really prioritizing it by importance. Mm -hmm. So you can take all the stuff that you've gotten down and then you can use the one two comparison in order to prioritize. Because if you've got this massive list, that can be really, really challenging to be like, oh, I don't know which one of these like I'm going to put first or on the top. That can be really, really overwhelming. So instead, the one two comparison, think about it almost like and people who have glasses will understand this. If you've got glasses or you've ever met anybody with glasses, Mark, you've met somebody with glasses, right? He's looking for his mm -hmm. Mark doesn't actually have prescription glasses, but he does have some UV light glasses, right? Is that what you're yeah, looking for? Yeah, they're for blue light, yeah. Staring at the computer all the time. Okay. So either way, think about it this way. Like when you walk into buy a set of glasses, then you've got somebody who is typically experienced on the other end. And what they do, instead of letting you pull out 400 sets of glasses, try them all on and be like, hey, which one do you like? Because that doesn't work. And that's the same type of thing here. So instead, what they do is they will compare one set of glasses versus the other and just break it down into small manageable chunks and prioritize essentially so mm -hmm. that you're saying, hey, is this one more important or is this one more important? And then you get a gut feeling, gut reaction, and then you <laughs> take the one that's more important and compare it into the next one and say, is this mm -hmm. one more important or is this one more important? So you can use the optical approach <laughs> right here <laughs> and then prioritize your way to where you've got at least the most important stuff near the top. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can break that down that way and make it less overwhelming. But I think it's important to prioritize because if you've got some of the most important things to you at the top, like, hey, I'm looking for more flexibility or I'm looking for more freedom, decide how the work gets done, or I really want to be able to use my creativity, then you might not actually need a business to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's something that that as we were talking through this, I realized that the approach that you use with people for careers is so important for starting a business too, because you know, you've helped me realize that, that there's so many things that you feel like you couldn't have in a job yeah. because you've never had it before, but that's not necessarily true. Like there's certainly tons of people that have that. They just, you just don't have it. And so you're right. I mean, 
business owners don't have a corner market on flexibility. They don't have a corner market on being able to be creative or using their strengths. We just feel like they do because that's the way it's portrayed in, you know, that article about seven reasons you should start today. <laughs> now. And certainly there are those things when you own a business, but you also can get to the point where you are completely beholden to that business and you lose all of that stuff if you're not careful. So it goes both ways. And I think you're right. You have to really identify what's important, but then you have to say, is the business that I'm thinking about the best way to get there? Or is there a better way based on what I like to do and how I like to do it, my strengths and my weaknesses and family situation and everything else? And by the way, too, we know some of the things that are most important to people in order to allow them happiness in their lives through a ton of different types of research, because the information is out there at this point. It's just most of us either don't realize it or ignore it. So if you want more information on that, go back to episode 170, Doing Your Career Differently, where we talk about what those things you must have in your career to be happy. And that'll help you understand, too, because one of those things in particular is the freedom to decide how the work gets done. If you don't have that, very, very few people are happy. And that's where you get into like micromanagement is the opposite of that and right. and all that sort of thing. So go back, take a listen to episode 170 and you can find out more about that. But in this case, if you've got some of those things, it doesn't necessarily need to happen through your own business. And just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's out there. I mean, there are places like right. Flex Jobs or what is it, Remote.co or other places like that that allow you to really only go after jobs and roles that do have more flexibility or do have more decision making power or do have more of that, I don't know, that type of freedom, if you will. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There's different ways to go about it, too. I mean, there's certainly starting a business out and out. There's being an independent contractor, which is what I do, which is pretty much like having your own business, but you still kind of have a boss. I mean, freelancing, there's all sorts of different ways. And I think that goes back to, again, there's more than one way to skin a cat, like people say, you know, whether it, there's different job or career positions, but there's also different business models that could be better or could be worse for you, depending on what you're doing. So I think as you line out that list of what's most important, that gives you that lens, like you were saying, Scott, to kind of start saying, okay, and then looking at different models and deciding, is this a good fit? Is this a good fit? It's like you use the glasses comparison. I was thinking about like when you go to the shopping mall with your wife or something and it's like, is this one good or is this one? You know, <laughs> they like hold it up. So you're like immediately supposed to understand what that would look like if they were actually wearing it. And that's kind of what you do. It's like, OK, well, here's this set of pros and cons and here's this set of pros and cons. And, you know, you start to try to slowly narrow it down. But I think one thing is we're going through this isn't something you just jump into tomorrow. Like, you know, we hear these stories and everybody tell these stories about, I just walked out of my job and I started, hung up my shingle the next day and started Boom. my business. That's not a good idea for most of us. Like, it wouldn't have been a good idea for me. I mean, I spent several months talking with the guy I work with and, you know, trying it out, working part time, doing all these things before I decided, yes, this is what I want to do. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that this is something you want to just jump into. It's not something that you just make the decision over the weekend and you do it unless you want to have a ton of stress and you want your spouse to be annoyed with you and a whole bunch of other stuff. So because there is, there's a lot to it that, that you don't ever realize. And speaking of that, too, that leads right into the next question, which is, are you more interested in actually starting the business or simply running or operating a business? 
and there's two big distinctions there because starting a business and getting it up going from zero to one is much, much, much different animal than going from one to 100 or Mm -hmm. I don't know, pick an analogy there, but maintaining, running, operating, growing completely different thing than actually getting something off the ground the first time around. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think too, it goes back to what are your priorities? What do you really want out of it? Because it might just be a matter of you need to do some networking and you need to be in your boss's position. You know, maybe those are the things you want. And it has nothing to do with running a business. It just has to do with you want to be directing what happens and you want to have a little more input in how things are done. And you're right. You need to ask yourself that because, I mean, Scott can tell you when you were starting half your career, I mean, it was a lot of three, four a.m., mornings it was a lot of i mean shoot you still work saturdays your house the other day and you were working all saturday so it's like there's a lot to starting a business building it up that again i'm gonna go back to it again that article of seven reasons you should start a business today (laughs) they may leave out the about necessarily and again too some people are not ever going to want to work saturdays or things along those lines i love it like the last two days Wednesday and Thursday, we're recording this on Friday. Yep. <laughs> All day long and half the night, my dad would say. Okay. <laughs> That's the other byproduct. I don't ever know what day it is because <laughs> right. I don't know. Weeks or weekends don't necessarily matter to me so much, but we pulled my kids out of school and we took them up to this place to go rock wall climbing and play laser tag and a bunch of other stuff for the last two days in the middle of the week. And we have the freedom and flexibility to be able to do that. But I'm also intentionally going to work this Saturday in order to make sure that all the things that we do for our team and our clients and everything else is getting done. So there's the both sides to that as well. And that's hard for people. I mean, that is a difficult transition. And I can tell you, you know, when I started and not only Scott, do we own our own businesses, but we work from home and that's another challenge on top of everything else. It's a challenge for your family. Like it really is a big adjustment. You know, I've been doing this for nearly two years and it's still an adjustment. Like it's still difficult sometimes working from home, setting my own hours, which, you know, like everybody thinks it's like, oh, you set your own hours. Everybody I talk to at work is like, oh, you probably sit in your PJs all day and don't start work until nine. Actually started at 830. But anyways, (laughs) don't start work until nine and you're done at like two and you take a two hour lunch. And it's like, yeah, some days I do. You know, there certainly are days that it's like because of circumstances, you know, like the other day I had some appointments that I needed to do. I was done with work at one o'clock. But you know what? I got home that night and I worked from nine to 11. And it's like some Saturdays, it's I've got three or four hours of work I need to do. And some days I'm up early. And so those are things that you really have to take into account because that might not work for not only you, but it might not work for your family. You might have a spouse that's just like, nope, that's a deal breaker. Like, I'm not doing that. I like having you start at eight and you end at five. And we just know that that's the case. And so those are things that have to be taken into account because otherwise it's going to cause a ton of stress. By the way, those are several things that you want to consider when we get to question number four too. So I want to rebring that up. Rebring, that's now a, it's now a thing. It's now a word. And yeah, we'll talk about that again or allude to it again here in just a minute. Distinguishing between starting the business and running or operating the business really quickly is think about it in terms of when you're starting up a business, there is a ton of failure. Mm-hmm. the amount of failure that you go through is very, <laughs> very, very significant. And depending on where you are in your journey with failure, because everybody's a, it's a spectrum. I mean, you have different levels of comfort. Failure for me at this point, I don't know. 
it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really don't look at it as failure. And this is even right. what we, Alyssa and I teach our kids all the time. It's like, uh, it's not bad. Like you're that much closer to being able to do right. whatever it is that you're trying to do that. I didn't work out. There's a mistake there, whatever else. It's not failure. It is really just a process of learning. But depending on where you're at in your journey, then you have to understand that going into it and starting up a business, it can be very, very fun because you are rapidly exposed to new things and you're continually changing how you're approaching it in order to determine this is what is working or this is what is not working. And mm -hmm. when you're starting a business, you often you cannot have tolerance for doing anything for very long that isn't working. Otherwise, right. you will ultimately not get mm -hmm. it off the ground. But then the opposite side of that is if that is something where you're at with your failure journey, trying to get used to the idea that failure really is learning, then mm -hmm. it may not be the right time for you to do that. And instead, I would probably work on exposing yourself towards other types of mistakes and failure and stuff like that so you can ease into it. How do you think about that? I'm super curious about... Well, I think first off, I'm glad that you finished that sentence that started with exposing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, left turn. No, I agree. I think there is so many more... Well, I don't want to say... I guess I wouldn't say so many more, but there's very different opportunities for failure. I mean, certainly there's ways that you can fail in a job and we've kind of gotten used to those, but I've had this conversation with my wife several times that, you know, we've all, any of us that have gone through the public school system, which is most of us have been trained for the failures and the risks of being in a job. We have not been trained for the failures and risks of being business owners, mm -hmm. you know, like it or not. I mean, I'm on the school board in my town. Like I'm all for public education for the most part. We might not have our kids in public schools next year. Anyway, <laughs> disclaimer, uh, <laughs> disclaimer, <laughs> but you know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you have to understand and realize that that we really have. We've been trained to not only be okay with the risks of a job, but we've been trained to kind of shy away from the risks of starting a business like that, putting yourself out there and accepting risk every day and accepting that you might fail today and that's okay and you'll get up and you'll figure it out and you'll do it tomorrow. So, you know, I think, yeah, it really does. Like you said, it depends on where you're at with that and whether you're okay with failing and, you know, stressing about how you're going to be able to pay the bills sometimes and those types of things. So it, we talk about, you know, figuring out exactly what you're interested in. It goes back again to making that list. And it's like, not only what is most important, but how important is that to you? And is it as important as the security of what you're doing now or the security of a job, which I mean, security in a job is kind of a humorous phrase. There is a certain type of security there. There's certain things that you trade off being an employee, you trade off not having to worry about. You don't have to worry about whether the doors are going to be open tomorrow. Yes, you do in a sense, but you know, that's not really your main concern. So yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's understanding the types of risk and the types of challenges that you're going to face and realizing that unless you've been raised in a certain way or unless you've just developed it on your own, that you're going to face very different challenges. And you know, if that's something that you embrace and you like and you enjoy the challenge and you enjoy figuring out new things, then yeah, maybe starting a business is for you. But yeah, it's very different jumping into a role where you're running a business than starting it and focusing on those things. So two ways that you can think about that piece. If you are at the point where you are willing to grow through that rapid failure cycle and you're expecting that and you may not be comfortable with that, but know that going into it and that is the right decision for you, that's awesome. 
then Mm -hmm. that's another red flag or good flag or i don't know the opposite of red flag (laughs) that's another thing that you should look for another indicator that you probably should go forward and actually start in a business on the flip side of that if you're not then certainly you can go down the track of doing something that is going to expand where you're at on that failure spectrum and where your personal growth is. So that might be a project. I think it was episode 22, if I recall correctly. I might need to look that up. Ask me, I won't. Where you talked about project success and the Mm -hmm. idea of exposing yourself to things like this through projects. So that is certainly an option. Or another alternative, if you're really interested in a number of the other things from owning a business, but you could actually look at the options that really allow you to just operate the business or own and manage the business or run the business versus the startup process. And things like that would be franchises or Mm -hmm. buying an already existing business that has great systems. I've owned a franchise in the past is very, very good because they depending on the franchise company and depending on what company you're owning, they all offer different levels of support and everything. But there are quite a few great franchise opportunities out there that they will help you understand and even train you on how to operate this business most effectively. So you're not doing this completely on your own in that way. Right. And it's totally different than the startup process of, I don't know, creating something out of nothing, if you will. Right. We've got a really good episode to not that long ago. It was episode 166 with Ace Chapman, where he helps lay out some of the different things to consider when you're buying a business of any kind, whether it be a franchise or whether it be buying somebody else's already existing business. So go back, take a listen to that, and then that can help you determine whether or not you know running and operating a business versus starting a business is, is actually good for you as well. Well, and I think if you have a name like Ace, you have to listen to what he says. <laughs> I know. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> you hear the name Ace Chapman, you're like, this guy's good at what he does. Like, I don't even know what he does, and I know that he's good at what he does. <laughs> you're obligated to be at that I'm point. obligated to listen at that point in time. But you're right. Yeah, there certainly is that option, and that's a really good option for a lot of people. I've never owned a franchise, but I know I've heard you talk about it, Scott. We see them everywhere. We realize that you know a lot of businesses are, and and there's a lot that goes into when you start a business creating the processes and creating the you know how you do things everything from managing your books and your accounting side of things to you know the the process of creating and offering a service or a product so if those types of things aren't necessarily your forte or what you want to do yeah a franchise might be it because they're just going to say here's your process go do it you know and it takes away a lot of that thing so yeah that's a really really good option too something to look at we're spending probably 10 plus percent of our time right now creating processes, which may or may not sound sizable, but it's a pretty sizable chunk of what we're doing within this business right Right. now. And even the conversation you and I are going to have later today, Mark, is trying to decide what processes need to be need like have already been in existence for your role and and Mm -hmm. what is going to transition on to the next person and everything like that too so having that handed to you because there's a failure cycle that goes along with a bunch of that stuff too so go check out the episode with ace chapman 166 that can help you understand more of those pieces too and give you a good other set of questions to ask there about is it 166? You said 170 earlier. 166. No, 170 was the one before. One. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Way to confuse everybody. No, I was confused and I wanted to make sure nobody else was. I appreciate it. You know it. what? Just start at one and go through and you'll yeah, find it. That you'll would be there. the best thing to do. That's probably the best. <laughs> okay, so here's another question. And this is a fairly simple question, but it helps you diagnose what might be stopping you and helps you be able to get ready to answer the question of, hey, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? That way I can stop worrying about it. Or... 
immediately get going? Do you have anything right now that's actually stopping you from starting a business? And this is another one where you can actually take these as they pop up, put them down on the list, and then try to determine, are these actually stopping you or are these perceived things that are actually stopping you? Mm -hmm. And we're not necessarily talking about just the business idea. Let's push that aside for a minute. Many people get stuck and like, well, I would start a business, but I just don't know what the right idea is. <laughs> what we find is it's typically not ideas that are starting businesses. That's a mask for a different problem. Mm -hmm. And we'll tackle that in a future episode and help you understand how to go through and get the right business idea for you. But for right now, let's push that off aside and say, is there anything else that's actually stopping you from starting a business? It might be that you have an incredibly demanding job. It might be that huge chunks of your time are being taken up by other things. And that if you were to start a business, then it's going to interfere with those. And then it goes back to that. What do you really want out of it? And what is more important there? Or what is just as important there? That prioritization piece, because Maybe you've got stuff going on with church and that is incredibly important and you're not going to give that stuff up and that is 100% okay. Are there other places in your life where you can make time so that you can actually get this thing up and running? Well, and I think with all of these questions, but this one specifically, this is a really good spot if you're married or if you have a significant other that you have this conversation with them because you know when you're in that type of relationship, the concerns that they have are just as valid as the concerns you have. <laughs> and you have to have conversation. And I mean, when I transitioned to owning my own business independent contract, it was a lot of conversations with my wife. And it was a lot of, you know, I had conversations with Matt that I was going to be working with. And I had conversations with him and his wife. And, you know, really going over, here's the requirements, here's what's going to happen, here's how it's going to look. And having that conversation. And it was hard. It was very difficult for my wife because she's very risk averse. And so it took a lot of discussing and saying, well, how is this going to work? How is this going to work? And is this something that's actually stopping us or is this something that we can address and we can move forward from there? So as you're doing that, I would recommend that anybody that plays a significant role in your life should be part of that conversation because there may be things that are deal breakers for them or that will stop you because of their feelings or their needs or their, I guess, aversion to risk or whatever it is. And those are legitimate things that could stop you from starting a business right now. And those are things that you need to identify up front because you don't want to be dealing with them on top of the stress of starting a business. Yeah. Otherwise you get into, they're killing off my dream <laughs> and you get into right. all this other stuff that it doesn't need to happen at all. Yeah if you're considering some of this stuff up front. So do you have anything right now that's actually stopping you from starting a business? Get everything down on paper, have that conversation with your significant other or anybody else that has the vested interest here. Mm -hmm. And then question number four, this last question, I think really goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Mark, in that this isn't easy. The startup process really is not something that is easy. So the question is, are you willing to go for the long haul? And are you willing to commit to this? And it may look differently. Like if you start, in fact, I promise you it'll look differently. You start with <laughs> one business idea in mind and a business plan in mind. And then as you get beyond 90 days, it will evolve. It will change. I promise you, if it doesn't, then your business will never get off the ground because right. end up learning things. You'll have different information. Sometimes even the market will change. There's lots of different things that'll happen and you will have to adjust. You'll have to be able to pivot. So I promise you that it will look differently. But the question is, are you willing to commit to this for the long haul, for the reasons that you've identified in step one, question number one? Yeah, I think 
if you take the leap and you jump into full force, I mean, we're not, this applies a little bit to if you're doing a side hustle or something like that, but certainly if you want to start, start a business. Yeah, it's very difficult. And I will say too, like on the flip side of it, once you get a taste of it, if it's something you like to do, you better be ready to do it for the long haul because it's extremely hard. Like it would be difficult to go back to a job, like your whole mindset changes. And so, yeah, you want to make sure that you're ready to do it because then you might be twice as miserable if you have to go back to a job (laughs) in six months, you know. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it and it really is a big decision. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier as far as making sure that's what you want to do and taking that decision slowly and making sure that you pencil it all out. You look at it from different angles and you ask all of these questions that we're talking about today because it really is a long-term decision. You know, it's not something that, it's not necessarily, well, I'm gonna try owning a business for a couple of weeks and if I make a million, <laughs> then we'll keep doing it. If not, we'll go back. It's not like that. Like, it takes a lot. I mean, Scott, you worked on, on Happy Your Career for a long time before it got to where it is today. And it takes that effort and it takes that concentrated, hard effort. And so, yeah, you need to ask yourself that question. Am I willing to do it not only on the days that it's fun? Am I willing to do it on the days that aren't fun when I'm tired and I'm exhausted and there's a million other things that I want to be doing? Are you willing to do it at that point? And that's really the question you have to ask yourself. And if you're not, then I would consider just finding a better job, you know, finding a career that you like a little bit better. Yeah. You know, as we were talking through this, like, I think it's important to Scott to to clarify and say that you know I feel as we're going through this like it almost sounds like we're trying to talk people out of starting a business like there are some really really good things about it like I love it there's I could never go back I and mean, Scott you and I have had this conversation oh, yeah. I think you and I are both utterly unemployable from this point on like <laughs> for us like there is nothing else that we could do I could not go to a job where I sat there from eight to five ever again. I just couldn't do it. And there's so many awesome things to starting a business. So I don't want people to get this idea that, you know, Scott and Mark are just trying to talk me out of whatever my dream is. That's not it at all. But <laughs> there's a process. The dreams, you have to go through. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like, whatever happened to finding work you love? I thought that's what you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of really good stuff about it. And, you know, some of that romanticized stuff about owning a business is true, but it's colored by the stuff that's not so much fun, you know, and it really does depend on your personality and your tolerance for risk and what you really want out of it, you know, creating that list of what's important. But it is really good too. like there's a lot of really, really awesome stuff to owning a business, working for yourself, setting your own schedule. And so there are both sides. And I I didn't want to get the end of this episode and have somebody think that, you know, it was all doom and gloom and terrible. And all that kind of stuff. Because like you said, Scott, I mean, you spent the last two days, you know, rock climbing with your kids. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, that is a fun thing to do. You know, I spent a week in in Nashville last year with my family. And I was working while I was there, but we got to do that. And I know, Scott, you're going to watch your kid's school performance later today. That's hard for a lot of people to do. Like, that's a really cool thing. I will say you can do that with a job, depending on your job. Like, there are ways to do that. But there's give and take in all of it. And there's really good stuff to starting a business and owning a business and running a franchise or whatever it is. There is good to both of it. Well, to build on what you just said, I think about this stuff and I think to a lot of people, it could sound negative. Mm -hmm. For example, 
I did not, like you mentioned, be getting up early. And I started getting up increasingly earlier and earlier and earlier, blah, 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 to be able to find more time to be able to devote towards the business because I decided, mm-hmm. hey, this is something I want to do. I didn't like getting up early, but I loved, <laughs> absolutely loved what I was getting to do once I right. got up. And that made this getting up at 3.55 a.m., 4 a.m., completely tolerable and even exciting (laughs) where the act of getting up in the first place was not that exciting to me. Right. And I think that's another thing to look for too. And that can help you answer that question of, are you willing to go for the long haul? And I love how you framed it up of when it is hard, are you willing to be there for that versus just the easy Mm -hmm. and exciting stuff? And yeah, it was hard to get up every single day at 4 a.m., even when I didn't want to and still do that stuff. But it was exciting and I was willing to do it because everything else lined up that we talked about. Well, and I think it's important to realize, and I mentioned this in passing earlier, but you think it's hard in a job at times not having flexibility of schedule or, you know, being required to do things like it's way harder when you don't have a schedule. Like having to sit down and say, this is my schedule. Like I guarantee you, it would have been easier for you, Scott, if your boss said, and I know there was times like you had to go in in the middle of the night for your previous job. Like that's easier than you being the one saying, I have to get up at 3.55 tomorrow. Oh, like, geez, yeah. It is so easy to look at the clock. And I mean, I do it. There's mornings that I do it. Like literally, I will not lie to you, Scott. I did it this morning. Like I looked at the <laughs> clock and I'm like, ah. Oh. Maybe I just won't get up. And I'm like, nope, I got to do it. You know, I like made this commitment to Scott. But like it is, I guarantee you, it's easier. Like it is way or it's harder to get up. You know, it's harder to do those things when you don't have somebody else telling you to do it. It's harder to to get the work done that you need to get done that day when, you know, especially if you're like working from home and it's like, oh, my kids are upstairs playing. Or, you know, my family is going to the store. Oh, it'd be cool to get out of the house and go walk around Walmart and help my wife do grocery shopping. And there's days that I do that. I certainly do. But there's other days where it's like, I can't, you know, I have things I need to do. And so if you think it's hard dealing with a schedule when somebody else is setting it, it's a lot harder to be your own boss. It's a lot harder to be the one, (laughs) be the task driver for yourself. And so that's important to realize and to understand. Like it's, and it goes both ways. Like, it's funny. I talk to people and they're like, oh man, I couldn't do what you do. Like I would just like sit and watch TV all day. I wouldn't have the, the focus to do what I need to do, but you might have the opposite problem. And I do where it's like, it's seven o'clock at night. And my wife's like, really, are you going to stop at some point? Like it's because it's just there. And so there's challenges on both sides that you have to be aware of as you're starting this because it is. I mean, when you set your own schedule, when you determine your own schedule, you have to determine your own schedule. (laughs) I guess that's the best way to say it. Side note for uh, I have a Netflix binge problem. So I've had to solve this. So here's my easy fix for the Netflix binge problem. One, I've taken it off a lot of my devices and everything like that. So it's not (laughs) as easily available. Two, well, especially since Netflix has now started producing Marvel comic series stuff. That is awesome. <laughs> Two, the easiest thing I've done when, I don't know, watch half an episode or something, then like, oh my goodness, I can, I'm staring at the top of the ledge and I know that I end up spending 20 hours <laughs> diving into something. So this works every time for me so far. Maybe it wouldn't work for you or maybe you couldn't force yourself to do it. I don't know. But I'll skip to the last episode and watch the last half of it so that I only spend half an hour. And it totally ruins it for me. It really, really oh does. Gosh, yeah, I couldn't do that. 
but it saves me from spending literally 20 hours because I can't stop myself. I have like very little willpower. So there you go. <laughs> Netflix binge. Well, here's what I do. I binge on Netflix a little bit. I don't know that I'm to the clinical issue problem that you are. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what I do. And like, this is one of the cool things about owning your own business and working from home. Like, I will batch the things that are mindless tasks that I can do while I'm watching TV. Like, I will do them at the end of the day and I will sit and watch a couple episodes of something while I'm either, you know, answering emails or, you know, like copying things from one spreadsheet to another or some mindless thing that I can do without thinking. And that's how I do it. And so that's kind of a cool thing. It's cool that I can do that. I can never do that at work. You know, like, well, this is mindless. So I'm just going to pull up my iPad and I'm going to watch, you know, four episodes of elementary or whatever. I'll be in my office. That's right. (laughs) Like you can't do that. And so that is a really cool thing. And that's how I do it. And I mean, there are days when I'm eating lunch and then I'll sit and watch TV for two hours because that's the type of stuff I'm doing. Like I'm doing this mindless task that doesn't require my complete and full attention. So I can do that. I also work outside sometimes, which is really nice, like underneath my gazebo. Not now so much because it's cold, but in a couple months, I am certainly looking forward to that. And I know you do that sometimes too, Scott. Works at coffee shops sometimes. And that's just kind of cool. Like it's neat to be able to change your scenery. And I can tell you, like it is much more fun doing hard work or work that you don't want to do when you're outside. And it's like 78 degrees and there's a light breeze and it's sunny. Like it's just better. I don't know. (laughs) it's just cool there was one day i was watching like a family of quails like walk across my yard and i was like having a conversation with them and i'm like wow i work from home and don't have interaction with people (laughs) i'm talking to quail this is the other side of clinical if it's not the note that's right that's right but it's cool it is it is it is a ton of fun and it adds a whole different element i think so your decision is going to be based on what's going to be right for you, though. If you don't like talking to quail, then maybe it's not your thing. I don't know. Or maybe you <laughs> cultivate a different type of business that's going to allow you to do the things that you want to do. So right. whatever it is, the place that I would start, if you haven't already made the decision to start a business or not to start a business, and that's something that you've been considering for a lengthy period of time, more than a month, sometimes years, it's been in the back of your mind, Mm -hmm. then go through, answer these four questions, and use that to make a decision so that you can either get started already or say, you know what, this isn't really what I want, and that's okay, and then you can stop fantasizing about it. Hey, I really, really appreciate you, one, getting up extra early for... Only for you. I mentioned that before we got online, that you were the only person I would get up to record something at six o'clock. It's not sure. I might do it for David Ralph, but you too. You're the only two. (laughs) (laughs) David Ralph, also a friend of the show, by the way. Yes. Uh, He's got another episode. Go back and listen to it. And bonus surprise at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to that. Like if you're not easily offended, bonus surprise. Literally, I listened to that like once a month. (laughs) I fell over laughing. (laughs) Literally fell over laughing. Yes. Literally fell over laughing. By the way, I don't know that we talked a ton about Backyard Soccer Coach, but if you want to see a business awesome. getting up and running in action, this has been Mark's side project and getting this up and going. It's really, really cool. I was super excited when you first told me about this idea because I think it lines up really well with your expertise and what you yeah. do, and I thought it was super cool. So what can people find, by the way, if they go over to Backyard Soccer Coach? Give people 30 seconds on it. Backyardsoccercoach.com is essentially for... Those of you who have children who play soccer and you know nothing about soccer, 
Um, this isn't for the person that's played soccer their entire life necessarily, though you might get something out of it. But really what I'm trying to do is to help the parents that have kids that play soccer and they're like, I kicked a soccer ball once in middle school PE. But they want to help their kid be successful. So it's a lot of resources and tools. And I'm creating a series right now called Soccer 101 that will essentially take people through Here's some of the basic rules. Here's what each of the players do. Here's what, you know, here's the equipment you need and these types of things. So it really is kind of a basic soccer education and resources and tools for soccer parents to help their kids. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And guess what? We've got plenty more coming up next week right here on Happen to Your Career. So take a listen to what we've got in store for you next week on the Happen to Your Career podcast. What really brought me around to the idea that a, a systematic approach to making a career change and the value of coaching was actually when I moved to San Diego in the latter part of 2008. And this was a period where there were very few jobs in engineering. A lot of the folks I talked to using sort of my normal channels were often saying, hey, uh, we'd love to have somebody like you on the team. Unfortunately, we just let three or four people just like you go because there's not enough work to go around anymore. That's right. All that and plenty more next week. It's here on Happen to Your Career. I will see you next week when the episode releases on Monday. All right. I am out. Adios. Adios.